0: church in Galatia and he says to them having come back under the Lord who seeks to be justified by the law, has fallen Christ or he says As, is a or cut off from Christ and has fallen from grace if you take that to a literal meaning you take it like this he is my little children of whom I travail in birth again ah. till Christ be formed in you. Okay. Because he can't be formed under the law. Sure. Okay. Is that clear? Yeah. All right. You got some questions. Okay. <laughs> 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 Just needed to understand. Okay. We'll go over. I'll give you a few examples to illustrate because I, in the Pacific... Seventh-day Adventists have done a lot of damage across the Pacific, up into New Guinea, all around. But I may say this while I'm there. There's a man called Dexter Lilo. He's a Solomon Islander. And uh, he came to Vanuatu because his boy was married to a Nivan, a a Vanuatu girl. But when he came, he was very high in the Seventh-day Adventists. He came to Vanuatu, but he met Kiel. Kiel Maimai is one of the lecturers. He's been a student of mine in the Bible college in Vanuatu. He met him, talked with him. So Kiel said, come to my church and give your testimony. It's very interesting. (coughs) God has sovereignly moved. Um, He emailed me, told me what, what happened, all right? He said, two great truths broke into my understanding. First, he realized the Sabbath, the issue was not the day keeping it the message was Christ that's the first thing that dawned on him so that was that dealt with then he said the next thing was the understanding that the church and Israel were two separate entities God was dealing with that is an immense step for an SDA since then he's had studies he's got studies he has had about eight prominent SDAs move out of the SDA movement. I said, what are you doing about Papua New Guinea, knowing the conditions there? He said, we have a very powerful evangelist in New Guinea, a New Guinean, Papua New Guinean. He said, I have sent him my material. He emailed back. I have stopped my chat. I've stopped my emails. I've got to think this through. So he is having an immense effect. He has been asked by the Methodist Bible School in Solomon's to teach in their seminary, but an old man within the body of Christ said to him, I think your calling is to do now what you are doing. So he's wrestling with the pathway before him. At present, you pray much. God is sovereignly doing something. The question you ask is this, because if you're an SDA, behind the throne of heaven is the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That's the one they know. All right. I was in a, a church in the midst of an SDA community in Port Vila called Black Sands. And I had Friday night, I had Saturday, and I had Sunday. And Sunday afternoon, all the SDAs came. Uh-huh. <coughs> They're leaders in that. So in those churches, not like this, there are no windows. You can stand outside. <laughs> all right. This is very open. All right, so they're all there. They've come. So after I teach, there's question time. Like you're on question time now? So they had question time. So what happens? They didn't ask questions. They said, what's this scripture mean? What's this scripture? And they would take the scripture. All right? So I would go to the context and show them it didn't mean what they meant. And they would go off with their Bibles, <laughs> looking at their Bibles. Till one man got up and he just propagated SDA teaching. And he said, we don't, he went for a while and said, we don't keep the ceremonial law, we don't keep the sacrificial law, but we keep the moral law. So I, I stepped in and I said, what do you mean the moral law? Ten commandments? He said, yes, the ten commandments. I said, what's the tenth? And he didn't know. And the whole lot burst into laughter here as a Seventh-day Adventist. He knew the fourth commandment, He's their leader, but he didn't know the tenth commandment. And I said, listen, Paul takes the 10th commandment in Romans 7 to show its work, to show how sinful in nature we are without the saving power of Christ. It's not the law. He's demonstrating he was a Jew, circumcised, under the law, but it couldn't help him save him. So I just went through. When I finished, because I finished then, and I went up to them, they were all gathered. And when I walked up to them, they said, Now we're confused. I said, Listen. I said, Listen. forget what you've been taught, take your Bible, pray to God to give you understanding of what is being said. And that is the only thing. They are resting in their works. That is only the tip of the iceberg. If you knew what lay underneath in the rest of the teaching, you would be horrified. That's just the tip of the iceberg as far as their teaching is concerned. So when I see God sovereignly move upon a man, high in the... Seventh Day Adventist movement. I realize God can do in one action what we can't do in public meetings and all kinds of things like that. It just by calling out, like He did with Paul, He called one man out, revealed the truth to him. I recognize the sovereign hand of God at work in a man's life. If you have other questions, I, I'll, because it's a fairly full explanation I would have to give you <coughs> on issue of the seventh day and you will have to face the question let me give you it to you this way Romans 6 verse 14 sin will not be your master because you are not under the law you are under grace go back under the law and sin becomes your master that's what he's saying it's the power of God that saves us not the law it reveals our sin it unveils Christ, but it reveals our sin. Okay. Christ. Can you make clarification? Yeah, turn to 1 Corinthians 9 in your Bible. This is a very necessary question that has an answer. Paul gives us the answer. 1 Corinthians 9 and we're down in verse we read from verse 19 1 Corinthians 9 (coughs) and verse 19 Paul says though I am free and belong to no man I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible he brings them down to a level where he is serving them. And he explains it, verse 20. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. So did Paul become like a Jew to win the Jews? Did he go into the synagogues? Yes, he did. Did he want to be at their fish? Yes, he was. He's a Jew. He wanted to be at Jerusalem when they sell celib- because he can see Christ. But he wants to win the Jews. To the Jews, I became like a Jew. That's why he took that vow in his final trip to Jerusalem and they made accusations. He'd brought a Gentile in and they tried to kill him on the street and the Romans came in, put him up and you, you know what went on. That was his defense. So he said to the Jews, I became like a Jew. I wanted to win the Jews. He's been trained up so he understands the whole of Judaism what the Pharisees believed. There's no one more capable of reaching someone in that kind of position than one who's been in it and come out of it. You ask a Catholic. They've come out of the Catholic Church. They know what the Catholic Church teaches and they've had to come out and they've fought all the battles that go with coming out. We as a Protestant have not been in the system and we don't always understand what it's like to be subject to that kind of thing. So when Paul says to the Jews, I became like a Jew so I could win the Jews. Notice uh, verse 20. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. So he did what the law required. But please notice what he said. Though I myself am not under the law, Now, the law is a bondage to keep. There's certain things you've got to do all the time. He said to the Jew, I became like a Jew. I want to win these Jews. I'm not under the law, but I want to win the Jews. So he's accepted by them, able to speak to them because he has identified with them. Not that he does the things of the law to be righteous. He does it so he's acceptable to them. You might misinterpret his actions. But Paul has one motive, I win the Jews. What did he say in Romans? He said, I could wish myself accursed from Christ for my brethren. Terrible words, just like Moses said. If you can't forgive them, block me out of the book you've written. There's only two men in, I see in the Bible. One is Moses, one is Paul. That say these amazing words. So Paul here says, to the Jews... I became like a Jew. I'm not under the law. But to win them, to be accepted by them, to be able to speak to them, to reveal Christ to them, I became like them. But he's not under it. That's what he says. I'm not, I'm not under the law. Notice then he goes on with us. So as to win those under the law. Verse 21. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Tell me. I belong to a Gentile nation. We never got the law. That was given to the nation of Israel. To those who are not under the law. I became like one not under the law. So what happened in Galatians? Peter came up, he ate with the Gentiles. No worry about kosher food. When certain came up from Jerusalem... Peter started to withdraw and eat with the Jews and separated himself from the Gentiles and Paul withstood him to the face. He said even Barnabas was drawn away. That was Paul's closest friend. Even being a Jew, he was drawn away by Peter. And Paul faced him and said, You're to blame. You're a Jew, you live like the Gentiles, yet you're commanding the Gentiles to live like the Jews. And you have an amazing verse in Galatians chapter 2, it's verse 19. I'll just quote it. Galatians 2 verse 19, it says, Through the law, this is is Romans 7 in one verse, Through the law, it's operation, I became dead to the law so I could be married to Christ. That's Romans seven in one verse. So Paul writes here and he says, <coughs> To those not under the law, I became like not um, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Notice in brackets though I am not free, though I am not free from God's law but am under Christ's law. What's that? What's Christ's law? Well, it's given a stronger stronger, and more powerful rendering than just taking the word grace. When we start to think it through, it is a very strong word. You will love your neighbour as yourself. Anyone who has fulfilled this has fulfilled the law. You will never fulfill that command without the power of the Spirit of God. Never. Because he said, you love your enemies, you pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. You will be like your Father in heaven. Tell me, is that easy to fulfill? No, it's not. The natural man cannot fulfill it. True? So, Paul was not under the law, but he was not without law to Christ. He was under that law. These are Paul's writings, both in Galatians and in Romans. All the law is fulfilled in one word. You will love your neighbour as yourself. And remember Jesus was asked once by a a Jew, tell me, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And if he hadn't been an SDA, he would have said fourth commandment. (laughs) Now, what he did was this. He said, the first in order, the greatest in measure is this. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength and the second is like it. That's the second in order, meaning you cannot fulfill the second without the first being fulfilled. That's what he's saying. The second is like it. You will love your neighbor as yourself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. What is saying? The gospel. You cannot love the Lord your God till Romans 5 is fulfilled. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit who's given to you. That is the outcome of believing the gospel. Rather a long answer. All right. <laughs> Is that what he's saying, sir? Lunch? <laughs> Lunch time. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a question uh, in the back. Sorry, it's a quick question, brother. Hello? Okay. Sorry, quick question, brother Mark. Um, just back to the uh, Seventh-day Adventism uh, issue. Do you consider... Uh, Seventh-day Adventism a a denomination of Christianity or would you put it on par with Catholicism or would you go as far as to say that it is a cult? (laughs) SDAs vary the same as Christians in Protestant denominations vary in what they believe I'll, I'll make that a proviso some follow Ellen White as the authority out that is making a prophetess her teachings the authority for directing your life and that leads you into great error which originated in 1841 to 1843 called the investigative judgment which touches the redeeming work of Christ and that's the seriousness of what she teaches Alright, so I've eliminated one set, alright? There are others. I sat with a man on a bus from going from Savu Savu up to Lombasa. He was S D A. We talked all the way and I couldn't fault him. I couldn't fault him. I thought, this man gives every evidence of new birth. Alright? So there are maybe individuals within the SDA movement who are really believing in Christ. But, here lies the warnings. I told you about the man who picked up sticks in the desert. I told you what God did. Because he changed the shadow, he did work. God said, stone him to death. That's only a shadow. He changed a shadow. And I began to question, what happens if you change the real gospel? So, in Galatians chapter 1, because it's going to deal with this whole issue of law, He says this, I marvel you are so quickly removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Different one. Though we or an angel from heaven preach to you any other gospel than what we've preached, let him be accursed, devoted to destruction. He repeats it. Meaning, don't make any mistake. If you go about the work of changing the gospel, you will come under the hand of God. That's what I'm learning. And when you change from trusting in Christ for the work to your works, which is keeping the Sabbath day, if that's the authority... For God to accept you into heaven and to eliminate anyone else who does not keep the Sabbath day, which is their teaching. We we worship with the mark of the beast. In case you didn't know, we worship on Sunday, so to an SDA, we have the mark that is the mark of the beast. So when you come to these issues, I'm dividing up the Seventh day Adventist areas. As I said, I found one man whom I couldn't fault. really quick um if that's the case if you felt that this man was born again why would he stay within the sda church why why would someone who's not following the teachings of lng white stay within a within that church wouldn't you get out once you had seen the light because it takes time for god to extract us out of the bonds in which we are we begin to see light more light till we are strong enough to say i cannot continue you are having that happen in the i had a whole bible study of catholics all right and the priest used to come on the monday to ask what he taught because that priest had questions and at that period of our time in the 1960s 70s priests were coming out of the catholic church people were coming out there was quite a move of god taking place but it doesn't happen overnight We had a Bible study with Catholics in the Bible study. We were in Galatians. And one day, a lady in the Bible study, we're in Galatians, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, she suddenly burst out, I see. (laughs) And she had said once when we started the Bible studies, because someone had challenged her, you're a Catholic. She said, I was born a Catholic, I'll die a Catholic. (laughs) She was taken and put in a Catholic orphanage. She had Catholicism completely in her understanding. She was the lady who cried out, I see, you know, <laughs> once I heard that, I thought, well, this will be interesting. So I got a phone call, all right, from her. After the Bible study next time, I want to meet at my house. I thought, uh-uh, baptism, it'll be for sure. So I thought, what do I do? And so I thought, all right, here we go. So after Bible study, she took us to her house where we had had Bible studies and there was um, Mary, this, the image of Mary, marble image and the sacred heart of Jesus, all kinds of Catholicism was all around the place. All right? So we didn't, she didn't take us into that room where we normally, she took us into a back kind of like a garage which had chairs in it. And, and she said, I want to be baptized. I said, all right, take your Bible, read 1 Thessalonians 1, chapters, ver- chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. It says this, you turned from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, even Jesus which delivered us from the wrath to come. She said, I've done it. I said, what? They're all in that cupboard there. What do I do with them? <laughs> <laughs> and there were gold and silver things. Margaret said, to get rid of them, take them to the dump, destroy them so they don't become a snare to you. So you, we have had people coming out, and they're still coming out, but the sad part I am finding today, Protestants are going into the Catholic Church. That's the move I'm observing happen today. And that is very disturbing because the church in Thyatira predicts that predicts that will happen and says uh, to that church in Thyatira, hold fast till I come. You've not known the depths of Satan like they have. Hold fast to what you have. So there are strong words spoken in, in areas like this, questions you ask. All right?